Welcome to another episode of the SEM podcast. Jack Bryce here again, and today I'm joined by Christian Menino. How are you doing, Christian? I'm doing well, thanks, Jack. Where are you calling from today? Well, I'm in Germany because I've been here for the last six years, but I'm originally from Italy. Excellent. Excellent. I'm I'm excited for this interview. I actually, you know, you're one of the missionaries that I heard of coming in just after you left, basically, but you're you're legendary. So no pressure, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to hear about your experience. So Thank we'll you. start with uh, you know, leading up to Scotland, how you found out or decided to go on a mission, found out you're going to Scotland, anything kind of leading up to the mission, and then we'll skip over the mission because we want to know what you've been up to since you've been home. Uh, sure. And then we'll go back and reminisce for a while. So start us out with, you know, how, how did you end up as a missionary in Scotland? That's a good question. Well, I think when I was 14 or 15, I started to feel a desire to, to serve, at least to prepare myself to go on a mission. But it was only when I finished high school in, in 2001 that... Uh, I really felt like I had to make the choice. And uh, I'm the, the, the fifth son of a, of a family with six children. And uh, unfortunately, in the last year of uh, my high school, uh, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And so it was a tough time for her, it was a tough time for my family. Um, most of my brothers and sisters were not attending the church at that time. So I had a lot of questions, and one of the questions was like, "What is my real mission? Should I go and you know um, fulfill this important priesthood responsibility, or shall I stay and and help and support my family?" And uh, when I finished high school, uh, we as family we went camping, and, and I remember uh, one day my mom approached me and. Uh, I didn't say anything to her. I didn't. I did not vocalize my concerns. But she, she came to me and she she said to me, "Christian, you can go." And for me, that was very, very, very special. She could she could read my heart, and and I did go. And uh, when when I I left, my mom was the only person uh, at the airport that was smiling. Mm -hmm. All of us, uh, including myself, we were you know, with tears, but she was the only one that was smiling. For me, that was very, very, very important. So, yes, um, I the, the call to Scotland was very unexpected. I didn't know much about this country before. Uh, my English was very limited, uh, basically uh, school English. And I remember when I received the call, I... You know, I opened the letter and uh, I was like, Scotland, you know, what type of country is this? I mean, I knew something about Scotland, like Edinburgh, the capital city. But at that time, they didn't have internet. So I, I picked one of the of the volumes of the books of my parents' encyclopedia. And, uh, you know, this paper, big books. Yeah. And uh, I read about a little bit about Scotland and Edinburgh and and uh, I was the first one in my family to go on a mission, uh, despite the fact that I'm the youngest of uh, the four sons. So I really didn't know what to expect during a mission. At that time, um, 
I'm from Sicily, I'm from Italy. I'm from the same place where Elder Aurelio is from, and I believe he did one of the podcasts. Yep. And uh, and at that time, we didn't have a stake, we had just had a district. So not many uh, young adults had left for a mission. Uh, we had some, but not too many. So anyway, it was a, a totally new world for me, uh, but I'm glad that uh, I made the choice and uh, that I had the opportunity to serve. And uh, yeah, perhaps I will talk a little about some of the experiences, but it was a beautiful, a beautiful learning experience for me. Great. And what, what was the timing of your mission? When did you leave and come back? So I left in November 2001, and I returned in uh, December 2003. Okay. Great. So take us to December 2003. You got home. You know, what have you been up to? since in the last 20 years i know it's, i believe it's, it's been that long. <laughs> i know 20 years it's a long time well again uh, my first thought was my mom um everybody came to the airport but her so when i noticed that it was like i want to go home you know i want to see her and uh, when i saw her it was clear to me that she could not she she would not stay with us uh, much longer so I decided to to stay home with my parents. At that time, all my brothers and sisters left home, and uh, I started university in Palermo. I studied uh, international relations, and I got my uh, bachelor's degree uh, in Palermo for the first uh, three years. In Italy, it's the bachelor's degree is three years. My mom passed away the year after in November, so we we were able to stay together for eleven months, and that was very important to me. Yeah. Um, but uh, after that, I, I went to Trento, which is a city in the in the north of Italy. I and I did a, a master's degree in international relations. And uh, master the master's degree was two years. The first year was in Trento. The second year was in France, in Aix-en-Provence, Université d'Aix-en-Provence and Marseille. And uh, France is is the place where I met my wife. My wife went. Why, uh, when is from China, and uh, we met in uh, September 2007, and we got married in uh, June 2008. Uh, we got married in France. I was still a university student, and some of my brothers thought I was crazy, but I, I don't regret the choice. We've been married for 15 years. We've been blessed with two children. Uh, my oldest is Lucia. Uh, she's almost 14, and my youngest is Joshua. He's 10. And uh, in terms of work, I after university studies, I did an internship at the Italian Ministry of Foreign Affairs. I did not like the state center uh, national interest approach of diplomacy, and more like for international cooperation, this type of thing. So I... I left, I abandoned the idea of uh, engaging myself in diplomacy and I, and I work for a consulting firm specialized in international projects, uh, international cooperation. Then I also started my own business in the, in the management consulting for about seven years and that well, went very well. Um, and that was basically in Italy. And then six years ago, a bit more than six years ago, I was hired by the Europe Central uh, Area Office, 
based in Frankfurt, Germany, and the first award for the Financial Records Department. And uh, just this year, beginning of this year, I joined the Family History Department, and uh, I work for the for the experience team for the Family History Department. It's uh, something that I really, really like. I'm very passionate about, and uh, so I'm very, very grateful for it. Great. So that your employer now is the the church. Yes, I work for the uh, for the area, the Europe Central area. Very cool. And and sorry, I missed it. How long have you been in Germany now? Six years. Six years. years. That's great. And nice little family as well. Wonderful. That sounds sounds like a busy twenty years for sure, as I think it has been for most of us. But <laughs> that's great. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go back then to November two thousand one, and we start at the MTC or Scotland, wherever you want. We'll kind of walk through areas, companions, and whatever whatever you really want to talk about. It's up to you, Christian. Well, first of all, thank you for giving us the opportunity to really, I mean, go back and search. And uh, I mean, some some memories are always there, so no matter what. But there are so many things that uh, I'm sure that all of us, as we go through this exercise, we discover or rediscover. And so I had the opportunity in the last few days to, to look into my journals and to to see some pictures. I have some of them here right now in front of me. And this is a, these are great memories. And uh, as you said before, 20 years, wow. I mean, time goes fast. So it's, it's great what you're doing because it preserves memories and preserves connections. So I'm very grateful for that. And I've also been grateful for the opportunity of uh, listening to other podcasts, I think been very inspiring so well i uh for the first two months i went to the mtc in provo utah i think i was one of the last missionaries that actually went there because i think yeah. most most of those who, who served from 2000 2001 they went to preston but anyway i went there i am grateful for that because in in the first two months i was able to shape my english and improve it um i remember some some of the mtc teachers they were like oh well don't worry about too much about american accent because you're going to speak and learn another language and i could not understand what they're saying i mean meaning like another language but yes and you know what what, what i mean yep yep so, um the mtc was good it, it was great for me again coming from a small district uh, to see the strength of the church, uh, that was a build a building experience for me. And uh, of course, the MTC was also during Christmas, though. So we we I got to see all the nice celebrations there, and to experience also the visits from apostles and church leaders. And I think that was a great experience. So, yeah. I I arrived in Scotland in at the end of January uh, 2002, and uh, I remember it was a wet day. Uh, it was Elder Barrow, a senior missionary, who came to pick me up. Um, all the other missionaries basically were coming from the, the Preston MTC, and 
I remember I arrived. Basically, I missed the morning meetings because, of course, mine was an international flight. I didn't get to see you know, all the welcoming uh, speech and all these things. I remember coming straight from the plane, you know, jet lag, feeling all well, and and basically, I everybody was already seated around these big tables, and was and the food was ready and. I was invited, of course, to join the meal and ate. It was like half past one, two o'clock. I think they waited for me because they knew I was coming. And then we we take our we took our stuff and then went to Isco Bride. Uh, Elder Stanworth was my trainer uh, from the U.S. And when we arrived in Isco Bride, we had all these luggages. Uh, and I had to go to the apartment, and then we had a dinner apartment of five. Now, oh, you know that in Italy, well, many Mediterranean countries like Spain, Italy, Greece, we don't have dinner that early. It's like five, up past five, six o'clock is usually when you are in the hospital and you know you are sick, <laughs> and you need to be at bed by seven o'clock. We have dinner like up past eight, nine o'clock. So, and for me, again, coming from from, uh, from from the States, I was so tired. Anyway, I remember we have even took a taxi because otherwise we, we would be at, we would be late to the appointment. And uh, and that was my first day, really. I was I was quite sick, I have to say, and I could not eat. It was like this sister, bless her, she prepared like a, a green soup thing with some speck or something, I don't know. And I said to her, I, you know, do you really mind if I don't eat it? Because I don't feel like I can eat it. And uh, and this sister ever since, she invited another sister. Her name is Angela. And they always prepare a meal for us. <laughs> I mean, again, this is amazing. This is one of the of the blessings. Uh, they always make sure they would prepare a meal that somehow we we will find pesty uh, and whatever. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a picky guy, and I I appreciate anything. But uh, uh, to me, that was like a, a a testimony that you need to be yourself. You need to be honest, and 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 that established a connection with this family. And uh, and uh, yeah, so the first day was a quite quite shocking coming from the states and uh, totally yeah. New did language. you do? Did you go up Pratt's Hill? Uh, I don't think I went to Pretzel myself, no. Okay. Interesting. No. Yeah, that's a different start than most missionaries. Definitely, you're the first one we've talked to that went to the Provo MTC and then came back, you know, international. I can't imagine most of us went through that shock at the MTC, dealing <laughs> with the time change and everything. But hitting it day one, man, that would be rough. It, it was. And then after the discipline appointment, we had a church activity. It was like, we young men, young women. We, the missionaries, we were invited to go there. And, and I remember that there was some refreshment. And there were, like, I come from the south of Italy where it's a very, uh, we have a lot of fresh foods, inclu including fruits. Okay, so if I want to an orange juice, I'm making myself with the orange, same thing with lemon, you know? Yeah. But I, I remember there was this this drink and it was a concentrated, I can't remember whatever fruit juice was. And so I, I, you know, 
I, I put it on my on my glass and I start drinking all of it all at once. And one of the, the members there was like, Elder, I think this is concentrated. You have to, <laughs> to mix it with water. I was like, really? Okay, anyway, just to give you like a, a, like a, a perception of how I felt the first few days. Uh, yeah. Language, new language, new world. Of course, I was the only Italian missionary at that time. I think Elder Malara. He, we met each other when I came, he was living. So, and um, anyway, talking more about uh, <laughs> more about spiritual things, uh, Elder Stanworth, he was very patient with me. Uh, we sure had some communication challenges at that time. I was new to this world, but it was also new to me to spend time with somebody who was not English, uh, speaker and um, but one thing that I remember for which I'm very grateful is actually the very very first uh, missionary experience we had together, which was the day after we uh, the day after that I just described. So basically, we were about to leave the apartment, and he said, "Oh, Manino, let's kneel down and pray, and then you will point uh, in the map." the area where we're going to, to do chopping and knocking doors. And my natural man reaction was like, oh, well, here we go, you know. Uh, my trainer wants to teach me, you know, a life-changing uh, experience or something like that. But the spiritual man prevailed and I we, we knelt down, we prayed. I think he asked me to offer the prayer, which I did. And as I said, he asked me to point in the map where we should go to to, to knock doors. And uh, I remember that that point in the area, which was green, I said, okay, let's go here, green, you know, when I see. And lo and behold, I mean, we knocked the first two doors, no one answers. Um, the third door, this wonderful lady, her name is Helen Smith. She opened the door. After a short door, door, door discussion, she let, let us in. And Andrew Stanworth, he taught the entire lesson. I was not, even if I did two months of training at the MTC, I still was, I didn't feel comfortable. Sure. And I told him, I said, look, if we teach someone, you just go ahead. You do the, all the teaching, you know. And at the end, um, he was about to finish. And I said, well, Understand wait a second. I would like just to share my testimony. That's something that I had practiced and I felt a little bit comfortable. So I did that and and then we left. And um uh, I spent three months with other Stanworth, and uh, we could not get back to to Sister Sister Smith. Um but once Elder Stanworth uh, left, Elder Nine took his place, and I spent six weeks with Elder Nine a great, sweet uh, missionary. And uh, I, you know, I told him, look, we, we met this person and we lost contact with her. We just had a discussion, but I really feel we should come back and try. So we did, and we established a connection with her. And uh, I think it took about six full months. <laughs> six months later, I, I received a, a letter with no name, it was so weird. At that time, I was I was in Bathgate, and uh, and the letter was signed all at the end, 
And in the letter, you could you could read something like Elder Manino. Uh, I'm sure you're pleased to know that I'm being baptized. And she told me all the story what happened after we we, we found her again. And so, uh, yeah, going back to what I said to Elder Stanworth, he uh, really helped me to understand what is the meaning of receiving revelation and uh, i'm grateful that uh, he has been my trainer because i think that is a divine principle that has helped me during the mission but also for other things in my life awesome and uh yes so elder Stanford first three months is cobride then elder nine six week weeks uh we also had other teaching experiences uh both with others and with other night. Um, then I was called to go to the Isle of Lewis, one of the three islands, um, Stormaway. Uh, my first companion was Elder uh, Hal. And I, this was the first time that they became senior companion. And uh, I remember Elder Hal, he had a big smile. I mean, honestly, it starts from one ear to the other ear. Did you train Elder Howe? No, 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 no. Uh, I think it was El he, his train was Elder Miller. Um, he was he was an assistant when I came into the mission. So okay, I know okay. Elder Howe. Elder yeah. Howe. great guy, great guy. And we we spent six weeks together. He was a little bit homesick at the beginning of his mission, but uh, I think he recovered quite well. And uh, and of course the Isle of Lewis during the the summertime was wonderful. I mean, I I know that some missionaries have served them during the winter, but for me it was like it was like one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. Like even the the landscapes and the sea, you know, there is the chapel is just in front of the of the sea coast. Uh, it's it's such a beautiful place and so green <clears throat> it's the only place in my life where basically i saw whales jumping out in the water and you know it's it just such an, an amazing place um anyway so i was six weeks with other how and i was three months with elder gilmore and elder gilmore is the one that i actually trained even if i have to say that was uh it was a double learning experience. Again, I, uh, English is not my native language and and American or British culture is not my native culture either. So I really, uh, with all my companions, it has always been an exchange. Uh, I could do something and they could do something else. And, you know, we were trying to work together to give our best offer to the Lord and to the people he asked us to serve. But uh, with Elder Gilmore, I think we started with Elder Howe. We, we started teaching a, a brother called Brendan McLeod. And uh, actually, this brother passed away a few months ago in a tragic accident. Uh, but he, he basically had the same age. We were the same age. And, and uh, we had a very good experience there. He Many missions trying to teach him. Uh, and they did teach him, but he did not make progress. And his, his mother, 
had to go to the States to basically to spend some time with her future husband and to make preparations for the wedding. I think uh, Brandon's parents were divorced and his dad was not a member and the mom was just a convert, a recent convert. But basically when she left, she was like, hey guys, I'm going away for six, seven weeks. I can't remember what she said. And she said, can you, you know, spend some time with Brandon from time to time? And um, yeah, we were like, sure. So the first day that we met with him, when his mom <laughs> uh, went to the States, uh, we, uh, I don't remember all the technical words, but there was something I read in my time when, um, it's like it's it's not called a teaching pattern. There was something like a like a baptism invitation pattern. I can't remember. Like you, a co commitment pattern. Is right? it co I think so. It's like yeah. build the relationship of trust, and then no. But there was something that uh, one of the counselors in the mission presidency he, he gave to us. Uh, it was like three, four steps, like two or three things you can say, and perhaps one or two scriptures you can read to extend a baptism invitation. And usually the suggestion was like, you know, set the baptism within one, the, the baptism goal within like one week or so. But we felt like to give him like a, as a goal, a six weeks period. He said, well, let's work together. Let's set something you feel comfortable. Is it okay to set a goal in six weeks? And if you don't, you know, if you don't feel comfortable, perhaps we can review it. And but lo and behold, he kept that commitment. So, and it was just like the week after his mother would come back. So when, when his mom came back, he was, she was like, hey guys, how did you do it? How did you do what? And she could not believe like this big change took place. And honestly, that was that was a great, a great thing. And uh, I also have to say that me personally, I remember the month of August um, 2002, I had some very good uh, real interview with President Wilkinson. Uh, that he was the mission president at that time. Yeah. And um, I knew that I needed to clarify something about my some of my behavior before my mission. And uh, and uh, I opened my heart with him about certain things. And uh, I said to myself, honesty comes first, you know, um, whatever he in his priesthood authority will decide it will be the best and you know but as as i had this experience which took place in the first week uh first i came i was the first week of the group second week of august my mission changed completely it was i mean i left mtc was november 2001 here we are august 2002 so i don't know already 10 months or so not yeah. much success, uh, except on some teaching, some cool teaching experiences. But after opening my my heart to the to the mission president, uh, everything changed. I mean, the second part from this point, my mission has been completely different in terms of teaching, in, ter in terms of baptisms, in terms of um, spiritual experiences, and so forth. So, uh, yeah. Um, 
I think that then in September, I was called to go to Bathgate and I spent six months in Bathgate, uh, three months with Elder Jensen and three months with Elder Holopainen. Elder Jensen is from the States, Elder Holopainen is from Finland. I think they were both a little bit older than me. We served together as its own leaders. And, um, and, uh, and so I don't think you, you may have met them. Uh, but Elder Jensen was a very fun guy. He, he loved, I think he still does, uh, he loved Superman. He, he had this like shirt, Superman shirts. And anyway, he had a lot of things about Superman. Uh, we had some good teaching experiences and we found a man, his name is uh, uh, Gerald, Gerald McGrorty from Bathgate. Okay. I think some missions came in touch with him for years after that. But anyway, we're still in contact with Gerald. And uh, we found him uh, during street contacting, which was one of the things that I enjoy most during my mission. I didn't like knocking doors that much. I always felt it was a little bit but stopping people in the street where people could see me and I could see them. I, I, you know, you can give them a few seconds to try to, you know, see you and see if they like to talk with you, whatever. I love street contact and I really do. I, I, I did and I still think I like it. I mean, in the family history department where I work now, we, we organize events and book fairs and things like this. And I do stop people from time to time. And, and I still love it. I think it's, I, I love it. I really like it. Anyway, so that, that was, that was the way we found him. And, uh, Gerald, he is, uh, I think the only guy that he came to France when I got married with my wife. And, oh, wow. uh, so he also came to Sicily to visit me a few times and we're still in touch. So great, great experience. That's very good. Uh, yeah, yes, he's a good guy. He's not very strong in the church right now, but we have a, a good relationship, and I, I appreciate that. Uh, what else? How the whole pioneer? How the whole pioneer was a very. Uh, he had a very nice, dry sense of humor. I don't know if you know anyone from from Finland, or, but some of the people from there. They have this dry sense of humor, and, and, and I really love it. I mean, honestly, he probably, uh, we, we have worked together very, very well. Uh, perhaps with him, I, I, I achieved the best results in terms of teaching, and uh, we had some success also in bringing some family, uh, one family to the church. And um, yeah, it, it was great working together. And um, I'm still in touch with him, even if not in, the, in a way that uh, I'm not as close as we used to be during the mission. But um, again, I have great memories of him. Then after these six months in Bathgate, I, I went to the office. And, uh, and that was in March 2003 uh, in Edinburgh. And my uh, companion was Elder Wiggins. Uh, he was older than me. Um, we served together for was one transfer plus three months. And uh, because Elder and Sister Greens were about to come at the end of June, beginning of July, 
President Wilkinson thought to call an, an, another um, assistant, and he called Elder Anderson. So we were three of us together at the same time. But I believe that uh, someone from the air presidency basically advised President uh, Wilkinson not to do that. So after that, uh, uh, Elder Anderson arrived. That was mid of June. I checked the date this morning in my, in my journal. Um, one of the three of us needed to go back to the field. And to be honest, I thought that that was going to be the one because Elder Wiggins, he had more experience, you know. And, uh, and President Wilkinson, he, he called us one day and was like, I pray about and, and Elder Wiggins is going back and you other Manino, you will stay with uh, Elder Anderson. And I cried, I really did. I was like, said, why, you know, I'm not, yeah. I didn't feel that to be the most qualified. And also, to be honest, I, I'm, I'm a type of person that I like more interacting with people, like face-to-face -face work, rather than administration of uh, work uh, and office work and things like this. <laughs> but I guess that, you know, we need to humble ourselves and do whatever the Lord inspires his servants to do. And so, yes, uh, Elder Anderson and I, we spent the following four and a half, um, almost four and a half months together. Uh, we, when President and Sister Greens came, I, I was reading this today in my journal, Elder uh, President Wilkinson, Sister Wilkinson, Elder Anderson, Marcel, we went to pick them up uh, the airport and, um, and one of the things I was impressed by President Greens, it was it was very tall. I mean, Elsie, yeah. right? Yep. And we were able to to spend a lot of time with them. Uh, I think that Elder Anderson in his podcast described very well how how was our life. Uh, and I, if you see my my journal that time, I had like my days are like one small paragraph. Because we didn't have time to write journals, so we really had very limited time and so many zone conferences, so many interviews, and uh, we didn't have much time to spend proselyting, even if we we did proselyte, especially during the exchanges. Yeah, and um, I have wonderful memories of uh, President Sister Greens. Uh, I remember that the President Wilkinson was. For me, at least, was a lot about hard work and work ethics. That's something that I learned from him. President Wilkinson, at least in the period we served together, for me was like more about smart work. And maybe because he was learning to be a mission president, he always asked questions. And I remember he tried to see things from different angles. And as Elder Anderson said in his podcast, he had a lot of trust in us. I mean, we planned together moves. He asked for our advice about who should serve with. And uh, he tried to keep personal interviews and things very confidential, but uh, he also shared with us some concerns uh, that I think help us as, as a young missionaries to, to see ourselves with more compassion and, and, and more and more love. And, and so it was wonderful. And 
And I also remember always a smile, both in Sister Greens and Sister Wilkinson. They they were like mothers to me. And you know what I said about my mom. For me, uh, to 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 have uh, uh, that influence is uh, is and was and still is important. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, with Elder. Um, with Elder Anderson, we I think he mentioned about the, the beautiful story about Jaff. Jaff is a brother that uh, is from Kurdistan. He was a political refugee at that time. And actually, it was Elder Spencer and myself, even before that Elder Anderson got to, to, to Edinburgh, that we found him. And uh, I was we were driving. I was driving the car, and there was, there was this high flatsman near a roundabout in Edinburgh and and I said to Elder Spence, I feel like we need to to go there and do some funding there. And so we did and Jeff it was like a 15 floor building, something like that. And flat, and we start from the top to the bottom. And uh, Jeff, I think it was the fourth floor, perhaps the fifth. And there were three apartments, I think, in each floor. So we knock a lot of doors. And we actually, before we found him, and he was about to leave to go. So we had a, a, a very short door discussion about the Book of Mormon. And he invited us to come back another time. And we did. I think the first time I came back was with other Wiggins. But then it was with other Anderson that we start teaching him. And as other Anderson said, one point, Jeff had to go back to his family. That was mid July, and he came back in uh, in uh, September. And uh, at that time, the only way we could uh, keep in touch was through fax, telefax, oh. no post services. Uh, yeah, and and the things were difficult for him because he was a political refugee. So I think he he tried to go back through the. I don't know if it was the Iran borders, but it wasn't all through Baghdad, you know. And yeah. Anyway, so Jaffe came back in September, and we were able to teach him. And he was baptized in October, and he went back to his family after that. And uh, after my mission, I was able to keep in touch with him. And I tried through several era presidency to really uh, send books to him or church materials. Internet was not that strong still at that time. But uh, it was only uh, in 2019 that the Elder Benna went to Kurdistan. Like the church was organized there around 2016, something like that. But it was only in 2019 that Elder Benno went to Kurdistan. And as far as I understand, he dedicated the land. And uh, LDS Charities was introduced to Kurdistan with some senior missionaries in a couple of locations. And Elder Anderson and I, we went to Kurdistan in March 2019 together. So that was, I think, super cool. Yeah, that's really cool. He mentioned that in his podcast, of course, but you're the one who maintained the contact with, with him through those years, right? Been able yeah. to maintain contact? Yes. Uh, I mean, there were times which we were a bit closer than others, but I still have here, like, this is, this is just baptism 
record certificate, you know? Oh, wow. Well, I kept a copy. This I don't think this is the original. I hope I didn't take the original. Maybe it's the original. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's, it's a full sheet, right? And I think the originals are half page, so. Yeah. And then, like, I have here, like, Jeff, he sent me a fax. That was, it was 2004. That was after my mission. As I said, it was it was hard to keep in touch because we had to use a fax uh, for, for some season, and then emails, and then. But anyway, so it, it was great to, to go there with Elder Anderson. Uh, it's and now the church is growing there. You know, there are a couple branches, and uh, you never know. You know, this this is one of those things that you really. As a young missionary, I I would never have imagined that such thing would have taken place. I remember, and Elder Anderson, he mentioned this in his podcast, that I promised Jeff that one day we will go there and help him to establish the church in his country. But actually, when the time came to do that, boy, I tell you, it's Kurdistan is, is, is safer than uh, many other mid Middle East countries. Uh, even if Kurdistan is not a country himself, it's just the, the northern part of Iraq, but it's like more an in, in, independent region. Yeah. But to go there uh, and to just to do a trip, like a, a, like a friendly private trip, is something that uh, has required, I think, some courage, both from Elder Anderson and myself. But it's something we have loved, so I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, that's really that's really unique and really quite cool that you guys have been able to do there be able, to be able to visit. That's yeah, all those years later and and see the fruits of your labor. Like that's not an opportunity that many of us have, even if it's just going back to Scotland to visit. So uh, being able to see that and how it's spread now internationally that's that's really quite cool. Yeah. So and to to end the. The, the mission, um, the last six weeks, um, President Brings approached me and was like, okay, Elder Manino, where would you like to go and who would you like to serve with? <laughs> that was like, uh, again, you know, that, that tells you the type of relationship we had with him, honestly. He was, he was like a father. He, he was a person that really trusts trust you. And uh, so I, I prayed about and I felt that I should serve with Elder Newman from England. So Elder Holopainen, Elder uh, Anderson, and Elder Newman are the European missionaries I served with. Even now, even if, if now I say somebody from England, European, I don't know if they like it, especially now after Brexit. I don't know. It's continental Europe. Well, that's right. But anyway, it was great to serve with other Newman. Um, I remember, uh, I remember that uh, President um, Greens asked me, like, what is your goal for these final six weeks? And uh, and I told him that uh, my goal was going to be to have two uh, convert baptisms. And at that time, we had a rule uh, to that uh, I don't know if President Prince kept that real later, but the rule was that uh, you needed the, the 
the friend of the church needed to go to the church at least three times before they could be baptized. Yep. And so I, I knew that uh, in order to achieve that goal, I needed to find people. We, we whitewashed Cumbernauld. And I knew that we needed to, uh, Elder knew and myself, we needed to really find someone within the first two, three weeks. And, uh, and we did find these people with the first uh, three weeks. We found Bob Waters, again, street compacting, uh, a wonderful man that uh, eventually went to the temple and he died in the gospel uh, in the covenant. And uh, Hazel, I think that's the name, Hazel, yeah. And uh, Hazel was like uh, a child of a part member family. Um, I think I think she lived with her mom, but her dad was not there. I don't know what happened, but anyway. And uh, yes, and uh, I think was... I met both of them. Oh, yeah, uh, I, served, I served in Cumbernauld probably six months after you went home. Okay, and so that's great. Okay, yeah. that's excellent. And how did you like Cumbernauld? It was a unique experience, that's for sure. Not something that I would experience in normal life in any way. So being there as a missionary, I think that's the way to be in Cumbernauld. <laughs> you know, I was, I, well, yeah. That Cumbernauld didn't have like, such a great reputation. And it's one of these few places after all the traveling and things I'd never had been. So to go there with Eric Newman, uh, Eric Newman was a, just a new missionary. And it, it it was it was just faith, you know. It was just, but uh, and I remember one thing that I remember and very well is that we took some time about uh, to to do some some good planning before we actually even you know started to work. We we studied the area, and we were like, okay, let's uh, you know we know we don't have a lot of time. There is no way we're going to work with all the members. Let's focus perhaps in two or three areas of, of the city so that we, you know, we use our time as best as we can. Mm -hmm. And that was really, uh, that was really wonderful um, six weeks. So I think that's my mission. Uh, again, I mean, great memories. Perhaps, I don't know if you can see this. This is, can you see this picture here? I mean, those that yep. will just, these are some of my companions. And uh, I think that uh, we establish a wonderful relationship. And uh, I I think the mission for me was like the best. Uh, I mean, I, I my university studies were very, very serious. I mean, I, I studied quite well, but for me, uh, the mission was the best master or the best training, educational training or vocational training that you could undertake. And uh, and I'm grateful not only for my companions and, and the wonderful people that I've been able to interact with and teach, but for, for all, all the people that have supported me even during my mission, though, uh, I know there were members from my ward that uh, uh, I did not ask for it, 
but I know that they helped me to be on a mission. And uh, I remember that during my mission, I had the best uh, post exchanges with uh, my mom, of course, but also with other relatives and friends. And uh, I kept a lot of these letters. I think all of them, actually. And so it, it was a, a mission time was a, a time which not only the people you interacted with in, in the field, but also the people from home. It's a way to get to know them from a different perspective. Yeah. So I'm grateful for this time. And uh, again, thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to, to review this couple of years and to see That's my life 20 years later. <laughs> it's been great. Uh, like I said before, I'm looking forward to meeting you because you're you're one of the missionaries that I heard about, not just from other missionaries, but I actually knocked on doors where people was, said to me, oh, do you know Elder Menino? And oh, really? so you, ha- you, had an, you had an impact as you went even door to door in Scotland, which is, it's impressive. Um, and, you know, you're... You are one of the brains' trainers, essentially, which is is pretty cool. It's, it's a pretty unique um, experience, and uh, and I served with uh, Kenton Karish, who I think was in the mission home at that time as well. It's great. So I heard about you a little bit from him as well, and so I've really been looking forward to this, Christian. And you know, we're we're united through that land, even though we weren't there physically at the same time. A, a piece of our spiritual existence is is in scotland so um it's been wonderful we love you as our brother in scotland and uh glad for this time it's it causes all of us to look back and reflect a little bit more on on those years uh that had a huge impact for all of us so thank you and uh i wish you the best we'll let you know when this is published so you can share it out with all your friends family former companions we've got a few of them we still need to get on here so you, you might be able to help us with that we've, of course we've had some of them which have been really good too uh, so thank you well it's it's great to see that you are doing the podcast but also as, as uh, we were chatting just before this episode also the um, the YouTube channel I think it's really really nice to see actually to see our faces after 20 yeah. years and so thank you again and uh all the best and uh what you're doing again is great thanks for preserving these wonderful memories i really appreciate it thanks christian okay. we'll see you bye bye bye